right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Expect anything different? All right, guys, welcome back to the podcast. Got a good one for you today. This was recorded uh, last month at the Colonial. Sorry for the delay in getting this one out. We had a lot of, uh, we had a couple majors mixed in there and a lot of other stuff going on and a lot of more stuff that needed to be released timely. So, kind of getting through our backlog of episodes we have recorded. And Joel, of course, finished runner-up at this year's Wells Fargo to Max Homo. We talk a lot about that. We get into the Sun Kang incident from last year at the Quicken Loans and all kinds of good stories. So please do stick around. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, if you guys are not familiar with this, we have a YouTube channel. Uh, our travel series, Tourist Sauce, debuts every Tuesday at noon. And we run a contest. We run a contest every week, both in the live chat during the premieres, as well as just normal YouTube comments. So if you go on, if you haven't watched the video already, or even if you have, go on to our YouTube channel, watch the video. It's presented by Callaway Golf, and the best comment left on the YouTube page, we're going to give away a Callaway Epic Flash driver. Uh, these guys have been so awesome and supportive of the series, and they're going to continue to help us with the series by giving away these drivers. So Go on, comment on it. Now, listen, don't go and say, like, hey, give me the driver. You have to have watched the episode and make a funny comment or the best comment in relation to the episode is going to win the driver. So go check that out on our YouTube channel. You also have to be a subscriber of the channel in order to win. So I would hate for you to leave a great comment and uh, not be eligible to win because you're not a subscriber. And we do check on these things. So uh, without any further delay, here is Joel Damon. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Laying Up podcast here in a, uh, I'd say, a, you know, medium-sized Hampton Inn uh, here in downtown Fort Worth at Colonial. Uh, got Neil, I got Randy with me, and we're joined by Joel Damon, finally making this happen. Yes, You finally. ready to let loose? You ready to bring yeah, the heat? Yeah, I, uh, I got some years of built-up stuff, I think. Uh, we can probably get out here. <laughs> well, let's start kind of with background on golf. Kind of, Let's get the boring stuff out of the way. People that don't know yeah. you, like, let's. What? how'd you get in the game? What's your career been like to date? Yeah, so I grew up in a small town in eastern Washington, uh, Clarkston, Washington. Um, my family played, mom and dad played. Uh, both were pretty good, and that's just kind of what we did. I, I played all sports growing up. I was a decent high school athlete, basketball, football, but uh, not many six foot, uh, 150 pounds at the time. I'm a little bit bigger now. I got some more beers in me, but uh, you know, uh, there was no future in in uh, football or basketball for me, and, and my dad knew that, so he kind of pushed me towards golf and. Um, played played at Washington for a year, um, had some trials and tribulations during that time, and then uh, played Canadian Tour for five years, finally won the Order of Merit. Five years. Five years. I was a mayor up there. Uh, it <laughs> Do you was get awesome. citizenship if you play yeah, Canadian Tour for five well, years? Yeah, I think I paid enough taxes up there, yeah, that it was, uh, and, the, and actually when I played, the, um, the exchange rate was, was uh, decent at the time, so uh, that was nice, but uh, finally I won that in 14, got out to Web Tour in 15. Uh, played okay, got my card, and then 16, I was 25, man. In 2016, I was, a, I was the last spot of the regular season, and this is now my third year on the PGA Tour, and almost know what's going on. What changed, I guess, in that in that, in that that five years on the Canadian Tour? Uh, one, was there ever a question as to whether or not you wanted to keep keep doing that? And then what changed for you? to? I mean, it's one thing to be out on the Canadian Tour for five years to <laughs> maintaining your card for three years. What changed? Yeah, I, well, the first couple of years, we had a great group of guys up there, and we partied. And we partied hard and it didn't matter. I mean, there's, we're in Saskatoon our first year up there 
and my buddy's in second place. And no one's even sniffed it at that point up there. I mean, we're barely making cuts. Who's your buddy? Carlos Sainz Jr. Okay. Played it. He's had, he played on tour in 15, maybe 16. And Will Will Strickler is one of them. Uh, who actually got a year on tour as well. And we he was in second place going into the weekend. And we were out all night long. We were out literally until 7 a.m. in Saskatoon, Canada. And he went Guaranteed and teed sunrise. off. And uh, I actually shot 67 that day. Uh, out and, till 7 a.m. you yeah, shot 67. And Carlos did not. What, uh, what was your warm-up like that day? I don't remember. It was probably some beers on the way to the golf course. Uh, some Bloody Marys. It was not a good just situation. Just sweat it out. Yes. Uh, so, like, that's that was the first couple years up there. It was just an absolute Jesus. What's, what's party. the uh, craziest stop on the McKenzie Tour? Saskatoon was sneaky fun. Uh, West Coast always great. Vancouver, Victoria. Um, we went up to Fort Mac in the oil fields. Calgary and Edmonton, you got a pretty good time there. Cal- yeah, Calgary's. Calgary's hear, pretty like, good. The Wild West still. London. We had the Tour Championship in London, uh, Ontario, which is two hours west of Toronto. And that's they have Western University there, which is just a major part of university. And guys got after it that week as well. Anything in Toronto? Toronto we, and I used played, to live there growing up. Yeah, we played years. at Peterborough. Which okay. is, uh, and we played in Mississauga one time, I Mississauga. think. Mississauga, that's where we lived. Okay, right Gray, Greystone, Gray Wolf, Gray yeah, I, something. I, I maybe Stone? Might be Gray. Listen, we'll, we'll take that offline. Yeah. There was, uh, I want to hear more about beers before yeah, the yeah. round. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I mean, yeah, there was, it was just a, an absolute. Well, I feel like that's what, like, some, like, maybe that's what PGA Tour used to be like in the 80s in some way. And, like, that's sure. what European Tour was like at least at one point, but it's so. I'm sure your lifestyle has changed, you know, Absolutely. out here on this tour. But I mean, so like, what was your attitude towards your game at that point? Were you just like you just was, young yeah, and dumb and just exactly. let it fly? Young and dumb. I got up there at 22. Uh, to money, didn't I had an fin- unbelievable backer who was overly nice to me, and I never had to really worry about money. Now we were still going four wide in a room, getting in a car for eight hours sometimes. So it wasn't like we were doing you know fancy things, but yeah, I, it was one of those things. Like I just saw this was fun. And I recognized after like a year that all of the good players were not out with us. They were <laughs> yeah. actually practicing and sleeping and doing different things. So, and then in uh, 2012, I also met my now wife and that, um, changed a lot. I could imagine that. And, uh, a did bit. she, did she travel with you? She did not the first, she, she had to pay the bills. She worked yeah. two jobs to pay rent and put food on the table at home. So yeah, 2012 is when like Will Strickler got on tour that year. Maybe it was 11. He got on tour. Uh, Nick Taylor came out. He was my college roommate. Uh, you know, Ben Hogan Award winner, really good. Won his rookie year on tour, and he was like, "These guys do things differently." And if I, I was good enough, and everybody told me I was good enough, but I wasn't doing the right things, and kind of started transforming. You know, kind of going that direction. And uh, I mean, I still have a lot of fun, but there's time for golf now too. So, in that th- the three years since you've been on tour, what would you say? Like, if there is something that was eighty percent of the improvement you made that has allowed you to you know, kind of stay, stick around? Uh, this year, I mean, the, I'm, it, it's mostly putting for me this year. I mean, it's, I was, I think my rookie year, I was like 190th in putting, like on the last one tour. It was, it was bad. Um, I've always hit the ball pretty well, but for me, it's mostly mental. It's, it's staying patient, believing in myself, but patience, proper strategy. Uh, sometimes I have to lay up, unfortunately. I don't hit it forever. Uh, we can cut that out. I know we'll, it's, it's we'll, disappointing. We'll fix that in post. But uh, it's just, it's just being who I am and uh, and staying true to that and having more fun with the game as well. We weren't rooting against you at Wells Fargo. We were just. I felt it. Yeah. I felt the whole. I was. You know. Was, I looked up a couple of times. Like I'm really glad it was Max and not. I mean, Justin's got enough money. Serge got all the money. Rory, they they're fine. But 
obviously Max, as as people uh, know, that his trials with the game were he was he was in the depths, uh, and so I was pretty happy for him there. Well, it made me feel a lot better. If, if Max didn't win, I definitely wanted you to win. It made me feel better at the clip afterwards of you like he's on Facetime with Lacey, and you got you're chiming in like you guys are buddies, and yeah. you were seriously like legitimately happy for I him. I was super happy for him. Yeah, it's uh, I mean it, even going into that week, I'd already locked up my card for next year, and I mean. That's really cool. I have a job for next year, and anything after that's really a bonus. So uh, happy for him to obviously this changes his whole career path. Uh, everybody knew he was going to be this good or supposed to be this good. He was an unbelievable amateur player um, and got off to hot start even uh, as a pro. So it's just really, really happy for him, and um, hopefully this is the beginning of big things for him. I don't remember if it was if this was public or if he told us this, but what did uh, you know? I think he said something to you like you know you know great playing. Sorry it wasn't you. And what what did you reply with? Oh, uh, I believe I said I'm still rich as bleep. Uh, <laughs> uh, we were, I was, yeah, I was on the plane and I sent a picture of a couple Jack and Cokes on the plane and I said, yeah, you, you may have gotten the trophy, but I'm still rich as bleep. You ride in first class? Uh, no, my wife got it up. My, my wife sat up front. I sat in the back. Okay. Um, there was only one spot available, so she got that. And Chivalry. I was just happy. I was, I always, I mean, I fly first class two or three times a year, so, um, Jack and Cokes in the back of the plane, actually, and, and the rebroadcast was on. So you I got to pick it up it. on, yeah, the seventh hole. So I watched it the whole time, and it was kind of Well, it was, great. it was interesting and great to see you and Max do the uh, rain delay interviews. Did did you volunteer for that? with, uh, or, um, or did they just grab you while you guys were They basically just like, grabbed me. I was actually walking, trying to get in the clubhouse because it was raining, uh, get my wife and my mother-in-law, like, into the dining area, like, kind of through a back way so they didn't have to deal with traffic and all this stuff, and... They just kind of grab me, and I'm like, okay. I mean, I don't. <laughs> you don't seem like the kind of guy that would bother. <laughs> it doesn't really bother me. I yeah. don't know. I think Max says he didn't know where he was at on the leaderboard yeah. kind of until then, and uh, me, I knew where everything was at. I knew where I stood, so I didn't have a problem with it. When I see you swing it, you go after the ball, and you kind of got a little bit of a, a hip move that, you know, whiffs of a big right miss. Is there a specific miss that you have? Is it a big right miss, or, or yeah. do you like what? What do you fight? So. That kind of deal is, is like it's me dropping my head. I lower my level a ton, and so with longer clubs, it can definitely get going. God, I, I can kinda, relate to that. <laughs> so um, for five years now, I've been trying to stand taller a little bit, um, you know, stay up on it, and, mm -hmm. and that helps with the big right miss. Um, I'm not, but un, under the gun, when I'm really nervous. I still get down pretty duck and it's I actually it's, it's weird because I think I swing like Adam Scott and uh <laughs> I I don't dude it's uh, it's amazing how much like if you ch change like a little or you think you're changing something big in your swing and you look at the video and it's like dude it looks the exact same as my exactly. previous exactly and so I've I kind of got over that it wasn't ever gonna look like Rory or Adam Scott or something like that and um it's more like Kucher-esque now I think which I didn't even think about until somebody on Instagram pointed it out it's like oh it is kind of like Cooch, I guess, in the way that we kind of have the follow to the left, follow through and stuff. And it, have his it produces a very good. accurate shot. I'm a great driver of the golf ball as far as hitting it straight. I'm not going to hit it real far with that move, but I most of the time know where it's going to go. And you know what he is too. He's rich as bleep. He's really, he's really <laughs> yeah. rich as bleep. Yeah. I didn't think I was going to get bleep out of you. I thought we you didn't, I didn't swear know. on this, this thing. This is a family. This is no, it's in a family. Show. Show. Far from that. <laughs> so I, you've had a, uh, an incredible year this year. Was it different at Wells Fargo, like coming down the stretch, nerve-wise, that back nine, that final round, especially with the delays and everything? Like, It didn't look like it to you on TV, but what was it like on the inside? Yeah, I was certainly nervous, but with the delays and having played well enough up to that point to secure a card, I was in 
you know, I was in uh, Jack's event, which is kind of a, you know, a, a bench line of playing well through the year to get Mr. in there. Mr. Nicholas. But Mr. Nicholas. Yeah. Um, Just get, get you yeah. warmed up for next week. Right. There we go. I'll, I'll work on that. So I was okay. And it, like, if I didn't win, it wasn't like I was going to lose my job or this is like my one chance. It was, I felt a lot more comfortable. Um, I think it showed out there and um, I had a ton of fun. I was, I was plenty nervous. I think I was more nervous when I was trying to hang on a second place at the end because that's big difference a lot of money <laughs> that's I think it's, once once i kind of knew that max had it yeah it was almost more i had a tough par save on 16 and 17 and then somehow my ball stayed up on 18 and and hit a great chip so i was happy to get out of there with that for sure that's something paul azinger talked to talked about was he never got nervous nervous going for a win but on the 18th green when he's like in second or third like because then he's like then i'm choking for the cash yeah exactly yeah, <laughs> so you're I thinking think, about that on 18 the cash yeah and my caddy was a ton we're in the middle of the fairway <laughs> Two, I got 210, 215, and he's like, okay, we're hitting a five iron way to the right. He's, he's got me lined up the CBS tower, and the pin's way back left. And I was like, yeah, okay, okay, yeah, Gino, sounds good. Okay, we'll just do this, and then I get over it. And I'm like, I am not aiming at that CBS tower. If I make this from 215 yards and Max somehow hits it in the water or something, I still have a chance. Well, the pole hook left. <laughs> Uh, my my big miss can also turn into a big left miss if I don't want to miss it right. So The two-way. Yeah. Uh, I have that also every now and then. Yeah. Listen, so. for sure. <laughs> and thankfully it stayed up. And um, But I would like over that, that, it's a very simple chip. I had a great lie. I was actually chipping back up the hill. There was just a minor detail of this little mini creek in front of me. And on 99, uh, 999 out of 1,000, I'm going to chip it pretty good. And this one, I'm like, just get it over the water. <laughs> yeah. Just get it on the green. Everyone's watching. Yes. Out. It was like, oh, no. So thankfully it came out. Nicely. Who's your caddy, and uh, how did you how do you know him? Yeah, heard so, some stories. Yeah, Gino Benelli. Uh, he's pretty Twitter famous in the golf world, I think. Now uh, we grew up together. He grew up on the Idaho side of the river. Grew up on the Washington side. He's four years older than me, but we were, he's he's a good player in his own right. So we played. We teamed up a lot in like amateur events for best balls and stuff. And uh, he went in the PGM program at Uni- University of Idaho. Was a sister pro at Sahali. Hated it. Was making no money, folding shirts, dealing with Mr. and Mrs. Haverkamp, and. Um, <laughs> He he just he couldn't do it anymore. So he moved back, and him and his wife moved back home. And they have a you know he's had a normal desk job. And when I got my web card, he's like, "Hey, I'm caddying for you." And I said, "You are a ding dong. Um, <laughs> you have a young kid. You make no money. Like how?" And he somehow convinced me to, that we were going to go out on this this journey together. And uh, I'm really thankful that he he took that jump because he's he's awesome. He takes care. Of, he I call him my life caddy. He does way more than just caddy for me on the golf course. Uh, that's like easy for him. It's like shutting off the beers at the right time and getting me to my flights and and uh, making sure I practice. So that's way tougher for him than than giving me yards on the course. You guys, a lot of lot of banter out there. Like, what's the vibe on the course? Yeah, he does a great. Well, he's hilarious and he's got tons of stories. And um, he was in. I know a lot. We have a lot of same mutual friends growing up, and uh, we just kind of talk about how big idiots they all are back home and and what kind of trouble they get into and it's a we chat a lot about that and he's always got something from twitter and whatever and any anything but golf and then he talks to me about golf for 10 seconds i hit it and then we go back to something else how long into you know somebody talking to you do they usually wait before bringing up the incident from last summer with sun kang you know it's one of the things i i thought it would go away and apparently if you use it the big C word in golf cheating. Um, it doesn't really go away, which I think I'm on the right side of the law on this one here. And um, I'm feeling 
98% of the tour probably agrees with me. Um, you want to, can you explain the incident for those that maybe aren't familiar? Yeah. So I don't want to get you in trouble. Right. Be there's, careful. Yeah. There's rules here, but, uh, it was last summer at, uh, DC, um, Tigers event. I don't even know the name of it. It was just Tigers event to me. Quick and loans. Quick and loans. Mr. Woods. Mr. Woods. Um, Randy, you have anything to say about that? <laughs> no comment. <laughs> <laughs> so we're, we're at Sunday on the 10th hole. It's a big dog. I left par five and basically you hit a straight drive and then it goes 90 degrees left. Mr. Kang goes for the <laughs> green <laughs> and uh, his ball. Uh, I did not think crossed by the green. He thought it did. Uh, 25 minutes later. Uh, even Ben Crane played through us. Played through us that day. Ben Crane and Ryan Palmer played through. It was taking so long. Uh, I basically arguing. What was taking so long? The rules official had to come in. Or, no, I just know? he just said he wanted to drop. I said you're not dropping here. Um, then he moved, tried to move back like 40 or 50 yards. Um, said I want to drop here. I said no. Then the rules official finally came in after probably 20 minutes. He's like, you guys have to make a decision. I said I've already made my decision. Like I can't do. I can't like physically restrain him. So they, him and Hoff for another few minutes, and next thing you know, he's dropping closer to the green on the green side of the hazard, about 230 yards. So he went back to, like, the first spot that you had been like, that's not. Well, it ended up being the second spot. He won the first okay. one by the hole. Then we went back, like, 30, 40 yards. It was not close. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he made a great chip, great putt, made par, and he ended up finishing third and on his way to the British Open. And, um I decided to, somebody asked me on Twitter that night, it's like, hey, what was the incident on 10? Because it was a half an hour. Uh, you know, we backed up every single group. And, uh, yeah, somebody just goes, hey, what happened on 10? And then I you said he cheated. You just kept it real. And, you used uh, the C word, cavalier. Yeah. <laughs> had a cavalier and, drop. Yeah. You uh, used the wrong C word. <laughs> so that night I'm actually staying at a friend of a friend's house, and he's kind of, He's like half an hour from the golf course, but he's kind of in the boonies. There's no cell reception. So I go to bed, don't think anything of it really. And I wake up and I have like three or four texts. It's like, oh boy. And then I drive, we have to like, you know, pack up and we're leaving Monday. And all of a sudden my phone goes off and then everybody's sending me like, it's on Yahoo, it's on like Apple News, it's all over the place. I'm like, oh, this is, this is good. Apparently you're not supposed to use that word uh, or people take notice. And, uh, that was that. I, I was told not to speak anymore on the issue. And um, and here we are. <laughs> here we are. I think I uh, don't think we covered any new ground, at least. So I yeah, think you're I safe. Think, I think there. I just uh, I think I'm OK here. And if not, then. But it's I mean, I think it's fair to be. provide context. Right. Like because all you I mean, everybody is up in arms about a tweet, which is like out of out of context a little bit. Sure. So because I, I never really heard the story. So, yeah, it's uh, appreciate it. There's if people are interested there's a lot of info out there and they can do their own research and they can come to their own opinion. Is there specifically, I mean, maybe you're, maybe you can't comment on this, but what, on what grounds is like the tour say, like, please don't comment on this any further. Apparently you're not supposed to say disparaging remarks about another player, which makes sense. It's like a work. Like you can't talk crap about somebody in the office. Can't really talk crap about, but I didn't thought I was just speaking the truth, but uh, you're not allowed to tweet mid-round, which I realized also at, at Valero this year. Um, <laughs> what happened there? And you're not allowed to call. You're not allowed to use poor language. So um, I'm uh, San Antonio. I uh, 
I'm the first, it's Sunday, and there's, I'm the first off 10. So I'm in like 20, I'm like right in the middle of the field, whatever. A, a good round could top 10, really good top 20. Like, nice, nice payday. I get off to a terrible start. My way to shooting 80. And uh, we're on the back, and we catch the lead group. And that's always going to be the slowest. And that, that's, there's some drivable, or there's drivable par four, there's par five, so we're all stuck. Anyway, so I pull out my phone and don't care at this point. Maybe looking at a different flight home, texting my buddies, for what we're drinking tonight. And I pull up Twitter, because why not? And uh, notifications on there. It's like, Joel Damon, or it's like, at Joel Damon, loves making sixes on par fives this week. I'm like, well, that's weird. I just played a par five, and I just made par. <laughs> so I tweeted at whoever this random guy was. like, hey, I just made a par, asshole. Um, and nothing really came of it. Obviously, it, it kind of went off in the golf world again. Like, I think this guy just tweeted mid-round. He's like, oh, no. Um, a lot of these guys have their agents and managers do it. And not not mine. I'm saying managers yeah. don't get on and yeah. say I just made par asshole. Yeah, so <laughs> managers uh, control it so you don't get on and right, say I just exactly. made par asshole. So I was on the third hole and I kind of looked again on six and it was getting a lot of retweets. I'm like, oh, this is gonna be good. I'm definitely gonna get a call from tour. Uh, didn't think anything of it. And like three days later, they called. They say, hey, you can't tweet mid round. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, sorry. Uh, you also can't that. use the word asshole on Twitter. Like, Listen, mm, okay. a cease and desist from the tour. Basically, it was fine. Another thing um, we can relate really to. Yeah, so we're all. It's. Uh, I love the tour. You guys do great. Uh, <laughs> thanks. Thanks, guys. For a job. Uh, I will not be tweeting mid round anymore. Oh man! If I do, it's coming for my manager. Yes, there you go. You're covered. for sure. What uh, do you get a lot of crap from uh, DFS people online? Like people. Yeah, that... so it's something that's never happened in my life until this last. I guess last summer I started playing. Well, you know, most of it you ignore most of it, but there's some that. Like, it's just fun to banter back with them and, like, hey, you're an idiot. You bet $10 and you lost, and I lost, like, 500000 playing golf today, so <laughs> sorry about your $5. Um, I just, it's it's interesting. Obviously, like, the 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 good players are the common, like, they all understand, like, they... They deal with it. And they, yeah. and they it, it's kind of interesting. So I, I'm getting it more, and uh, actually there's one guy, just Carl, who told me he's bet $10 on me this week, and I... I said Carl's back, so uh, I think that's got some traction on my Twitter right now. That's that's very entertaining. <laughs> Carl's back. Fashion question: Bucket hat. Bucket hat. When did it start? How did it start? The Fisher's bucket. That was a yeah. That was a strong flex. That was when it came out on tour. So I wore bucket hats off and on at home because Arizona. I live in Scottsdale. It's sunny, um, and it's just like if you're just lathering on sunscreen all day, it's just either throwing a bucket hat, practice for a couple hours, perfect. And then I went to I got to play Fishers right before Travelers Championship, and uh, I mean it was awesome. And I never bought something. I was just like, oh, I bought a bucket hat. Love to wear bucket hats. At that time, I didn't have a hat deal on tour, so okay, this is easy. So it wasn't sunny. It wasn't good weather in Travelers, but the next week was DC, and it was hot. I'm like, oh, perfect. I'll, so I wore it all week, and then I happened to play with Tiger Woods on Saturday, and apparently people watch Tiger play golf. Uh, and there was a couple times people saw me wearing this hat and it, it kind of blew up and I played well and then the next, kept wore it the next week and finished fifth and I wore it the next week at Deer and I finished second and it was pretty cool and now it's definitely not a fashion statement. I am not a fashion icon. I don't really care what I look it's like. Debatable. But I think the bucket hat is just, uh, I mean, it's great. Like you're seeing more and more people wear it for sure. It's functional. It's very functional. Uh, actually, I just was presented a nice no laying up bucket hat so it's, it's gonna be warm this afternoon dot no laying up <laughs> dot com check us out we're a small shop which we sounds like we just missed our window because now you have a hat deal then 
Is that right? Yeah. So uh, actually, almost because of that, like it got out there, and then um, Tradition Energy. Thank you guys. They're, they're great, Mr. Alan Kurzer. Um, yeah. So I've been with them since last summer, and I think it's going to be a long partnership, hopefully. Because you did a mid-round hat change at yeah. Wells Fargo to the bucket. Were you expecting that to get attention? Yeah, that's it's really <laughs> so. I don't play in front of many people. I have my wife out there, and then like three or four other people, and a lot of times in the morning, like not. I'll, or if it's breezy or something, I'll wear it. And then the sun comes out, I'll throw in the bucket hat. Not a big deal. I do it almost every week. Well, at Wells Fargo, I kind of forgot I was on TV and people were actually watching. So I just did it because the sun was coming out. And it's like the rally cap. Yeah, it was. And then all of a sudden, I get with the first rain delay or that rain delay. And like, we're talking about it. And I'm like, I could not figure out why it was a thing. And I'm going back out to, to restart. And I'm like, Gino, I just figured it out. I'm actually on TV today and there's people watching that's, and they realize this whole, and I guess Gary McCord kind of got a hold of it and made a, made a deal out of it. So, um, was not intentional, but, um, I like the idea that it could be a rally cap for me. I do too. I think that, you know, well, it depends though. It's like, are you, you heating up quick and then you pull it out or are things going South and then you so throw the bucket on? I'm not really superstitious. Um, I'm just a little stitious and, uh, if I'm playing well, I won't switch a golf ball, like no matter how bad it is. If I'm making so, every time I put a new ball in, I make a bogey. So I have to, something has to go a little south for me to do any type of switching, whether it's a ball or a hat. And I just bogeyed nine. Yeah. Um, so the hat came out. What was it like playing with Tiger? The coolest thing of all time. Was it? It was the, it was unbelievable. Uh, What'd you shoot with him? I shot 69. Nice. Vegas had me at uh, plus one and a half, and Something. he shot 68, so I won if you took me in Vegas. Should have. Uh, <laughs> I birdied 17, he bogeyed 18, and bada boom, bada bing. Vegas is thanking you, because yes, everyone's yeah, betting yeah, Tiger. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> who, is this, who is this idiot he's playing with? But uh, it was incredible. He, he was so nice to play with. He, we chatted quite a bit, um, told some funny stories. I mean, you're in awe of him. And then with me, he made four birdies in a row on the front to get to, like, second or third at the time, because we were playing pretty well. And it was uh, it was so loud. Never seen that many people before, and I think that really boosted me going forward. Because if you can handle that atmosphere, then like being in contention is about the same, or or not even it's it's not quite on that level. So, mm-hmm. uh, and I think the next month or so, it it, uh, it it proved itself. Can you could you imagine playing like in front of a crowd like that every week or what no, he goes through? Did I you told, get many go Joel chants out there? Yeah, there was two or three maybe. It was like you know the the really drunk guy uh, who was just like hey. the guy that had you in fantasy. Yeah, exactly. And he like who the fuck is Joel Damon? Exactly. Did you hear any like whispers like that? Like who's my wife this guy? heard it all day. Yeah, so she's out kind of like navigating, and she said it was uh, she was just laughing. She also said if I ever play with him again, she's not going out because she can't oh, yeah. see much and it's just a mess. Yeah. That's what um, I think a lot of people attending tournaments don't realize that when they're watching a player and there's a small crowd around and they're commenting on the player, the people that are watching that player are probably friends and family. Yeah. Are there any good stories of that? Like friends overhearing stuff that uh, random fans say? Yeah. It's it's almost always with me. It's like, who is that guy? <laughs> or it's, wow, he's a, he looks like an idiot wearing that hat or he's so <laughs> stupid for wearing that hat. Um, or you're like, my wife hears it all the time. It's like, oh man, he's he's he sucks. Like, how how could he miss that putt? It's like twenty feet and breaks three feet. And mom is like, she's learned to ignore it, but uh, she gets pretty pissed off with like the real. There's like always two or three drunk guys that like kind of travel, and they're just the loud idiots or the the Chad and Brads or whatever they're called now out there. And uh, <laughs> Chad and Brads. <laughs> it's Chad. Uh, it's yeah. So I mean, she gets worked up over that a little bit because 
I mean, she's that's what she does. But um, well, for the most part, we're, we're at, easy to roll at off the backs. PGA. Lighting up. Uh, who was it? Uh, why, why are you airing me out? Because we were at the Atlanta Athletic Club at the PGA Championship. We're sitting like 14. Uh, yeah. And whose wife? Whose wife was it that was sitting there? <laughs> Stephen Gallagher. Oh, Stephen Gallagher. Yeah, that's right. Start. And Randy's like, who? Like. Who the hell is this guy? Well, I assumed he was a club pro. Yeah. And I said something Wait, about... is this back in like... Like 2011? This, yeah, this was at Atlanta Athletic Club. Oh, when Keegan Bradley won. Yeah. Yes. Gangliff got in off of play and not as a club pro? I played Canada with Gangliff once. I no, 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 no. Stephen Gall- Gallagher. Thank you, my point. Yeah, he's a Scott. Stephen Gallagher. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, but he had a good run there played a couple years. Yeah, and then Randy's like, so who is this club pro? And his, his wife was sitting like right in front of us. She, she like turned like, around horrified. Around. I was like, hey, sorry. <laughs> I was like, yo, Randy, I think that's his wife right there. So we've been, the, we've been chatting Brad we've before. Been, we've been Big on Randy the other and Neil have been chatting Brad. Yeah. 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 Now you're just so knowledgeable in the game of golf, you would never make that mistake sure. Of course not. No we, way. Thanks for bringing that up, Neil. Yeah, you're welcome. Whenever Stephen Gallagher's in, in, in contention, it's like, gosh, it's cool to see a club pro still, still competing out here. <laughs> Sorry, Stephen Gallagher. I don't know who he yeah. is. I still remember his wife's face, though. She was horrified. Yeah. Yeah. Like these daft Americans. <laughs> <laughs> it is. I mean... The crowds last week where I played with uh, Emiliano on Sunday and him, he was just so ready to get leave New York and the, and the ridiculous, it was just like, just, they have to be set. And actually good story there on Sunday, I'm walking off of uh, 17, the par three and I'm on my way to breaking 80 shot 79. So that was, that was big for me. Hell yeah. And uh, I don't get the fascination with like fist bumping or if you're under the age of 12, 15. Yeah, everybody's reaching their hand out great. to touch. And the PJ did an incredible job of actually have wider ropes. Um, and that was great because some events, like, you have to, like, kind of squeeze through. and You can't avoid them. You can't yeah. avoid them. And, they, and uh, this guy, and, you know, high five, two or three young kids, great. And this guy's like, hey, you know, yelling at me, sticking his hand out. And I just kind of, I look at him with, like, dude, you're, like, 35. <laughs> I'm not touching you. Go on. <laughs> Hit my shot. And now we're walking back kind of past him. And, uh. I look over and this guy goes, Damon, you suck. Like <laughs> vicious. Like he meant it and he was being mean. It wasn't like what's smiling. So as I look over, he ducks down behind his friends. So my caddy Gina was like, why are you hiding? Why are you hiding? And I was just kind of laughing. And, and Emiliano was like losing it. He was some choice words that were pretty loud and yelling at this guy. And he were walking. He's like, I am just so sick of like, cause there's only four or five of them that run it for everybody else. Is it four or five at the PGA? Though? No, there's they more, start but, one up in each other. That's well, what happens. They just, yeah, it is a little bit there, and I wasn't around it a ton as much as obviously some of those, uh, you know, the, the the bigger groups or lead groups. But um, I'm all for loud having fun. Um, but well, and I'm I'm, I'm, I'm on original. the record as saying I'm for supporting the post shot shout if it's creative. It's like it's almost like a no laying up move. Like you better get home. Or else, like you better come with something good, or else, it's it's you're, it's awful, right? Or, yeah. or fail miserably, right? It's all A or F. You gotta be on one side. But it's of gotta spectrum. be creative. Like you just can't say mashed potatoes. Right, you can't, you can't do it. I'm, I'm What's the best yell you've heard? I don't hear many out there. Um, I, somebody Damon, yelled, you suck. Yeah, that was actually somebody yelled poof at me. I was playing with. Uh, <laughs> we were in San Diego this year on Sunday. I got to play with uh, Rory and Billy Horschel and. Obviously, Rory's hitting it a mile. Billy hits it past me, but, um, you know, they hit, like, bombs, and all of a sudden it was, like, poof. And I'm like, 
Are you guys talking about me? Like my shot? Like mine's in the fairway. That's, I, did see, have, I like that. That's good. I did have hybrid in versus Rory's seven iron, but it's fine. Yeah. We, don't to, we don't have to incorporate my, that one. My, you shouldn't have ever said that because now people are going to go with go follow you and say that. My, my 166 mile an hour ball speed isn't quite catching on anybody's radar. Sometimes if I hit it high, they like it though. What type of courses do you enjoy on tour? Are there certain stops you look forward to? Colonial. I love this place. Uh, it's uh, tight, tree lines, uh, not a bomber's. I mean, a bomber's going to play well anywhere. Um, but uh, Explain that a little bit, though. Like, bomber's paradise versus bomber playing well kind of anywhere. Yeah, so I think it can get misconstrued a little bit. Yeah, and I'm not maybe up to date as much as you guys are and Fried Egg and some whoever else. These, and Blair, obviously Zach Blair is, is big into that stuff. I don't. Uh, but like last week at Path Page, we're all gonna miss fairways. It's all tight, and if I can hit a 330 and miss a fairway, I'm gonna have I can hack it around the green like Brooks does. Well, every time I miss a fairway, I had to literally hit it 50, 60 yards. That's all I could get out of it, and because I'm 200 yards away from the hole, so I'm hitting four irons, five irons, hybrids in all week. And if I hit in the rough, it's just auto bogey. You have to slap it out. Where, you know, if you do that, and around places like this, I mean. A, I can compete. We're all hitting it to spots more so around here. Now I have to hit my driver to some spots where they're hitting two irons and stuff. Um, but all, I, also around a place like this where you, if you hit it in the rough, you can still have a fun shot to get around the green. You might have to curve it around a tree, low, high, whatever it is, but you can still get it around the green. Um, and then you have more strategy that way as far as missing it on the correct side. Uh, if you, you know, most time the inside of a dog leg's bad, so you hit it the outside, you'll have a shot at the green, chipping uphill putting uphill versus, you know, a short-sided shot. I think that's a lot more fun to play and, and fits into more of me than just hit it as far as you can and then hit it as far as you can and can, and hopefully it's in a good spot. Because I think people, you know, can maybe assume that either what, whatever we say or whatever, you know, proponents of kind of more balanced approach say is not – like hitting it far and straight is a skill, and it Certainly. should be rewarded. I have right. no – like, and that's, kind of, that's not the point, like, I think anyone's trying to make. It's just like – it shouldn't be safer to hit it further. Like right. it shouldn't just be like a like PGA. It was just a prerequisite to like hit it really far. Like you said, like everyone's gonna miss fairways. So like right. having that distance, regardless of whether or not you're straight, was a huge advantage. Or just not every week. Yeah, right. That's like right. I, I have no not problem with Beth Page because that is the best version of you better hit it long and straight and like the rough is right. is, is thick. But it's just when every course turns into that, you know, you don't see a lot of variety sometimes. Certainly, um, and. I've thought about maybe switching my swing a little bit to hit it further. I mean, if you look at the FedEx Cup or the money list, it's just bombers. Yeah. Um, and that's fine. But it is really fun for play. Like, Hilton Head is awesome. DJ was still leading through three rounds. Right. Lead it. Like, they can still – it doesn't, like, take them out of play. They just hit exactly. less club anywhere. And there's, like, there's some pulls out here at a par 5-11. Like, I can't really get there in two, but long players can get there no problem. Well, that's great advantage for them. But if they miss that fairway or they miss it right, all of a sudden they're in the hazard. And there's spots where I can lay short of bunkers this week if I can't fly them, where they can still get up and fly it over them. But for me, I'll just play more position golf out here, and I like that. Small greens is, is great, too. I think it's you have to be very accurate and miss it in the right spot, which I think is important. And I think people, again, can think that, you know, Brooks, or we classify Brooks and DJ as just, like, straight bombers and not skilled. Like, just hit it really far, and that's the only skill they have, and that's not the case. Like, to your point, all. like... At you know at Heritage, like DJ was leading through three rounds. That's like yeah, that's awesome. maybe the least DJ course of the of and all. It just you shows how here. good he is at golf. Exactly. Like, it's like oh well, it's taking driver. Well, he's still peering his two iron or whatever he's doing around. His wedges are great and he's putting better. So 
I don't like it. Yeah. They can they can play anyway. If you're if you're number one in the world and or top five in the world, you're going to be top five at any golf course. It just lets more players play. Yeah. Which I think is fun. All right, I got a couple speed round questions for you. Okay. If we opened up your Spotify or music app right now, what would be playing? It would be country, uh, but I heard, I'm I'm don't I don't watch movies and I don't listen to much music. What do you do in in, the, in your spare time? Like during a tournament week, what do you do? Do you go out a lot or? So uh, my wife has a food blog, Travel Eats and Treats on Instagram. Uh, no free ads. We're not doing that yeah. here. Uh, on. Travel yeah. Eats it, and it, Treats. <laughs> Definitely <laughs> checking that out. We'll it invoice is. her for that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Give me an idea how much that real estate's worth. Uh, so we, uh, she loves food. She's an incredible cook at home. And we love, um, she loves finding holes in the wall. All you know, wherever we go, and and I end up eating really good food. And it's not like, oh, we're going to Ruth Chris, we're going to the most expensive steakhouse. No, we like to go where, like last time I went to Velvet Tacos here in Fort Worth, unbelievable. Mm. They have twenty different tacos to choose from. They're all really good, and we like finding those little holes in the wall. And that's kind of what we do. Basically, we play golf, and then we go find places to eat and little cafes or little bars that are really fun. So on the subject of, you know, you you, you don't watch many movies, uh, you don't listen to much music. Tron actually tipped me off that you're a reader usually have a couple books with you i do yeah um can i ask what you're working on now yeah uh ego is the enemy is the one right now i think rory actually talked about that one a while ago but i've had that one long before Rory got his uh uh, i love reading about like navy seals and that stuff so zero dark 30 you know american sniper stuff like that um and and how crazy those guys are and what they do I, i love that stuff um getting more into history World War II stuff is pretty interesting to me right now. I love biographies. Anything I don't do, I don't do fiction very well. Okay. Yeah. What's and, the goal? I mean, is it just kind of a just a bettering of yourself, or yeah, and just maybe understanding everything more. Um, I never cared about the why. It was always just tell me how, and I'll figure it out. And now I'm getting more into the why of things, and um, it's almost scary when you're going down that road because then you can know too much, and then it can kind of screw with you a little bit down that way. But I think just just understanding myself and you know how how I think or how even just other people think and, and how stuff like that works is, is very interesting to me. Is that your issue? You know too much now? Uh, no, certainly not. Uh, I do way too woke. Yeah, I I know enough to help myself out on the road. Like I don't have my coach out here every week, so that's not like I can fix myself a little bit, which is nice. Do you follow golf when you're not playing every week? I do. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think it's more so just hanging out, like just seeing what the peers are doing. And it's not like it's uh, more, I, it's weird. If I, I didn't always watch the tour, but since I've been on tour, I'm like, follow it religiously every week now. Great pronunciation of tour, by the way. Tour. Tour. That's, that's where they're wearing off on you pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> did, did you enjoy the, uh, the Byron Nelson this year? Uh, <laughs> Randy, quit asking gotcha questions. Yeah, uh, I didn't watch it a ton. I just wanted to laugh. We can move I, on. I mean, I think that golf course has good bones. I think it could be firm and fast. They got rained on. What are you going to do? Yeah, that was not a course question, by the way. All right, Neil, him with another <laughs> rapid fire. Dallas is great. I, I like Uptown Dallas. I want to take it take it full circle to something you said earlier. You said you grew up playing basketball. Yeah. If you had to describe your game in the form of a current or former NBA player, who is most like you on the basketball court? John Stockton. Really? Yeah, he's a he's a Spokane guy, so towards away, Gonzaga. Um, grew up emulating him a little bit. And you I were was, a pass, point, pass first point guard? I was not great at creating my own shot. I could catch and shoot just fine. 
but love to kind of dribble drive and kick out and uh, pick and roll. I enjoyed that. Um, great weak side rebounder. Uh, you put me in that two three zone, the bottom half, and uh, the ball just kind of came to me a lot. That was fun. Didn't love playing defense, but my coach yelled at me all the time, so I had to play a little bit more. What about uh, talk to us about the Supersonics? Oh, such a sad, sad thing, isn't it? Uh, it's almost it's worse. It's like it's you'd think like you would be okay, and then like Portland's playing well now, and we're kind of rooting for them a little bit. Uh, I, I love Steph Curry. Love watching him play. Um, and just the Warriors as a whole, I guess. I'm a pretty bandwagon Warriors fan. Me too. And it's, yeah, it's, just, so it's just so sad with the song. I mean, it's when you when you dig through it all and you realize David Stern, David Stern the commissioner at the time, Clay Bennett, the owner of, of OKC, just basically stole it. And Howard Schultz, who is running for president, which is laughable. It's um, Randy's boy. Yeah, the owner of Starbucks. Uh, he just, just the way it was ripped away, he sold it to, they all knew it was going down. It was just brutal and... No, because our Mariners suck. We haven't made the playoffs since 2001. Seahawks have been great for the last, what, six years now, seven, eight years. Uh, so that's fun. But we just, we need our son. And we're getting a hockey team, so that's huge. Um, pretty excited about that. But Where are they coming from, the hockey team? I didn't know uh, about that. Expansion. No, expansion. Because expansion? Mm-hmm. the uh, Atlanta Thrashers are now the Winnipeg Jets. Right. Which yeah. is much deserved for Winnipeg. <laughs> yeah. I don't think anyone in Atlanta was like... <laughs> Except for yeah, Stu Sick, I think, he was part yeah, of it. I wasn't too broken up about it. I <laughs> mean, they, they just didn't get enough support down there. Yeah, so we have a couple minor league teams around Seattle area, and they always sell out, and they're huge. So I think uh, I think hockey will be big in Seattle, and I'm going to hop on that bandwagon. Any uh, any like murmurs about a, about NBA team? Yeah, so we have to get the hockey team, build this arena. Just, just, you can go crazy in depth on this, but um, we have a Chris Hansen's tried to build his own arena. With his own space, but the port is blocking it because the lawmakers in Seattle are ridiculous. And um, so they're redoing Key Arena, the old Key Arena, and it's terrible. And it's going to cost them an extra $500 million or something crazy. Uh, but anyway, hockey team will go there for a while. If they if we do a good job with them, hopefully this arena gets built. And then we'll have an NBA team in hopefully five, six years. But the problem is they're not going to come. We have to steal somebody else's team. You don't want to do that yeah. after what after what stolen. we've been through. We'd feel bad about it, but we were pretty sure New Orleans was going to come to us, and then they somehow got the number one pick. So everybody in Seattle is like screaming, you know, it's rigged, conspiracy, that whole deal. I was surprised to read this because I feel like this is kind of the the media story that would that would be like because every when a guy comes on screen, there's like three things about every player that everyone says. But I was surprised to read that in, like in 2011, you had te- you're diagnosed with testicular cancer. Yeah, so it was uh, February or March of 2011 was diagnosed with testicular cancer. Um, removed it, little little bit of chemo through May, and then uh, I was back on the golf course in June. So pretty easy for me, but still pretty scary. Um, with the cancer history of my family. I lost my mom in 2005 to cancer. My brother had testicular cancer in 2009. So it was, you know, I, I, I had plenty of history with that. And uh, Was I, it more on your radar because of that? Was it something you were checking for regularly? No, or? not at all. I mean, just being a typical dude sitting on the couch playing with yourself. Felt, and, uh, felt a lump. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's uh, So if you're men under 35, it's pretty common, actually. So yeah. I think you have a lot of those. So rub your balls. I think Tom Green has a song. The old comedian, rub your balls, tease your balls. That way you don't get cancer. It's true. It helped. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I feel bad laughing at that. <laughs> there you go. Like, yeah, I'm like, it's, uh, <laughs> it's it's uh, it's like super high 
success rate of, of Kier. So uh, I'm healthy now. My brother's healthy, and yeah, we're good now. Uh, so we were trying to get a little background info on you, and actually Max, Max said two things. He, he said, he said, ask him about his round in Springfield uh, <laughs> and how you felt, and then he was he's fascinated by sometimes your warm up routine and <laughs> apparently how random it can be. Yeah, that's fair. So uh, maybe. The biggest story uh, of my career until last summer was um, Springfield, Missouri on the web tour in 2015. It was my first year out there, and uh, I teed off in the morning, and you have to make so many birdies there. I think I shot four or five under for two days, and I was like, oh, that's going to miss a cut. So we go out and start drinking. Uh, we ended up playing like a par three course under the lights with my caddy and a couple other buddies, and a bunch of beer, ended up getting a fireball. Um and it was late and all of a sudden we check i have a text from the tour it says you tee off at 7 30 with craig barlow and i'm like that's I, I made the cut oh no um so continue to drink obviously because at that point there's no turning back <laughs> and uh threw up that night gino takes me to waffle house on the way to the golf course i had a couple balls um it's really hot springfield missouri in july it is 100 degrees with 95% humidity and miserable. So now I'm hungover with this. Gino goes to the tee. It's like a 200 yard walk. And I film myself to my buddies walking to the tee. I'm saying, this is going to be, you know, this is a death of me. Uh, I love you guys. I'm going to shoot 79 a day and I'm going to like it. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll chat, chat with you guys later. And that's like a two minute video that, that kind of went, went pretty big in the, in our small golf world out here. So, <laughs> I don't think it's hit. I don't think it's hit the airwaves yet. Might have to track that one well, down. We, we could change that. I was gonna yeah. say you just sent a lot of people to yeah. go track that down. So we'll see. Uh, uh, nothing's too bad in there. It's uh, so that was that. I ended up shooting sixty three that day. Made ten birdies. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, but there, there's like a butt to the story. Yeah. However, I, yeah. I walk off the golf course. I'm in third place, and. Uh, you went right to sleep. I went right back to bed, uh, and I think I finished eighth or ninth that week. Locked up my web card for the future year with that with that turning. Did you unlock something there? Do you need to be super hungover for uh, early morning rounds? There's been more than one instance where it's been okay. I, you can't poke the bear too often though, because then you just feel bad when it doesn't work out. But uh, every now and then, it's it's okay to if you're in last place to go to just go get it out of your system and try again the next week. But to the other question, warm-ups. Um, Dominican this year, I wasn't going to play, but I was playing well. So Gino went home for the week, and I flew in a buddy and just caddy, and it was kind of a boys' week. Our, our wives weren't there, so we just went three wide in a room and, and had a great time. And um, It's hot down there. You don't need a lot of warm-ups, so I just grabbed a hybrid 7-iron, whacked a couple there, <laughs> and off I went. And if it's For me, it's I don't have to hit a bunch of balls in the morning or whatever. I just kind of... So people look over and I'm doing it. Like, I love to hit shanks before the round sometimes. On purpose? Yeah. So Wells Fargo, we're on Sunday warming up and like kind of cameras on and I hosel four or five in a row. And you can hear people like in the crowd being like, ooh. ooh. Just, just to keep everybody <laughs> on their toes. And Gino knows I'm doing it, but normally I only do two or three. And that day I did four or five and he started to get a little worried. I think that they weren't. And I, I play it off like, oh, yeah, no, you I act can't. like you're, you're spooked. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Like, like 10 Whoa. Oh, my God. That's so, so good. Yes, <laughs> That's a playing with fire, man. <laughs> yeah, like, so he, it's like I witchcraft. I don't know what you're up you, to. If is. you can hit the hosel on purpose, then you can probably hit the center of the face on purpose. So. 
Um, that's what I'll keep. That's well, what I'm well, listen, I think a lot of people <laughs> think that should be true, and that's, it's. Randy, do you care? Oh, no, I was gonna say that's gonna give me a lot of comfort next time. I, uh, yeah, I mean, I haven't played golf with you guys yet. I know that time is coming, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's okay if you can hit if you can hit the hosel warming up, then you can always hit the center of the club face. Challenge accepted. <laughs> that's very comforting. Yes, I feel like we're leaving uh, some caddy stories potentially on the table here. What do you got? Yeah, so Gino's got plenty. If you go to his his, his Twitter, he's he's phenomenal and he's he's great. But um, what is what's his handle? Give him the shout. I think it's just at Gino Benelli, B O N N A L I E. But last year, after DC, we stayed with this family friend, and and that week they have a rundown car, and Gino's like, "Oh, like do you ever drive it?" And he's like, "Oh, I've driven it a couple of years. Doesn't run, whatever." And Gino's a handyman from Northern Idaho. Dad's a logger. That's just what they do. They just fix things. And he's like, oh, I'll just go fix it up, whatever. So he got a new battery and cleaned out a little bit, and all of a sudden it's running. And Gino's like, well, I could drive from here. I could drive to the Greenbrier. Greenbrier deer. Uh, and I got another event, and then I can just sell it for a couple hundred bucks when I get around. So he put the Craigslist out, out for, I don't, I think we're ending up in deer, maybe. And uh, no, it was Barbersall. He's going to drive it down to Barbersall as well in, uh, in Louisville. And so he fixes it all up and he starts driving or so he's driving around. He drives to Greenbrier, this like sob from like 1997. And, uh, I ended up playing really well that week, finished fifth. And they have, um, they had a charter for a bunch of players from Greenbrier to deer, hard to get to. And so I played well. I'm like, Hey Gino, they have an extra spot. I'll pay for you to hop on. And he's like, I got a car though. What am I going to do? And I was like, just sell it to somebody. <laughs> and so we're walking out of scoring. Across the putting green, and there's a guy. And Jim's like, do you, do you want a car? I'll sell it to you for 200 bucks right now. And the guy's like, what? Does it run? Like, what is this thing? <laughs> Who are you? Yeah, exactly. Like, what is this whole? So Gino What's goes, the catch? we have to, like, get to the airport in, like, half an hour. So it's, like, kind of a very time-sensitive thing. He's like, no, I'll just drive. I'm like, no, go sell this car. Ends up bouncing around, talking to multiple people. Ends up selling it to a police officer on site at the Greenbrier. Signs a title over to him, bill a sell. And I think he ended up selling it to $150. The sob, and he bought it. I think he bought it for $27 off the guy. That's all Gino had in his wallet at the house. And uh, ROI, uh, baby. Yeah, so that was, and he hopped on his his first, uh, it wasn't a private jet, it was a. Hey, a officer, you want a car? It was, un- and the guy could not, he's, it runs. He was, yeah. just couldn't believe that this was happening, but that was uh, it's a classic Gino moment, I think. I gotta check, you gotta check the trunk for a body first before yeah, you buy, right. buy a car for 150 bucks yeah. off somebody. <laughs> All right, Joel, appreciate the time, man. Uh, best of luck this week at Colonial, and uh, we will have to play some golf in the near Any, future. Yeah. Enjoy the Pro-Am today. Yeah, yeah thank you. Get to, you a big Pro-Am guy? I'm, a, I'm pretty good at Pro-Ams. I bet. People, people like me, I, I try to make sure that they have a good time. And uh, My scores in Pro-Ams are not great. Uh, rarely do I shoot under par, but I make sure that, that the Ams have a good time. That, that probably makes them have a better yeah. time because it gives them hope. I just live under par. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Give, give them a couple of hosels today. Yeah, do that. Please do. <laughs> Report like back. Mid, mid fairway, just 150 out. Just right into the bush. That'd be pretty good. I'll have to. And maybe, just, maybe Gino can get reactions on video out there. <laughs> that'd be this like, could be good. Please do forward. Turn to you guys got any swing advice? I need, <laughs> <laughs> I'm searching. I can't bit. find it today. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Joel, thanks for the time and best of luck this week. Yeah, thank you guys so much. Thanks. Appreciate it. Cheers. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. Yeah. Johnny, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. 
expect anything. 